This is the best, 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 best practices in education and Odyssey School podcast. Let's fly away in a cloud. We'll go down to Odyssey. We'll learn some cool new things and new opportunities. Because Odyssey is made of magic, made of magic. This podcast aims to offer professional resources, practical tools, and inspiring conversations to teachers and parents in their quest for excellent education. And the trees are rainbow, and you'll see the corn every now and then because that's not weird at all. Welcome to episode three of Best Practices in Education and Odyssey School podcast. I am Megan Martell, and I'll be your host this week. And I'm interviewing Robin Skeen, our third and fourth grade teacher. She received her undergraduate degree with the University of Akron in early childhood education, which included pre-K through third grade age students. After teaching for a few years, she took time off to be with her two daughters, Ella and Julia. While Robin was home with her girls, she finished her master's in curriculum and instruction with a focus on reading. When both of her children entered school, Robin returned to the classroom as a founding teacher for a new charter school in Los Angeles, And then she also worked in an inner city school in South Los Angeles before moving to Asheville. In Robin's class, students become authors, readers, inventors, and entrepreneurs. Her systems help create self-awareness and inner regulation and in keeping with the essential learning skills and the integral process of research and reflection. She also leads centering to help students connect with their internal world. Hi, Robin. Hello. We're so glad to have you in the studio today. Thank you. (laughs) We're going to be talking about the best practice presentation you gave to our faculty last week, and that was titled Community Time. Can you tell us a little bit about generally what your presentation covered? Um, Community time is um, something I've been doing for a couple years in my classroom. It's changed throughout the years, and it's a time at the end of the day that we call community time where we do different community building activities. And those involve um, creating our community culture. They involve conflict management where we use nonviolent communication. And it involves creating an economic system where they create money and then use money to buy supplies to build inventions. And then they sell those inventions to each other. Cool. So this happens regularly in regularly scheduled moments throughout your week, right? Can, yes. So where where in the week does that happen, and how often, and for how long? This year, it, co- it happens on Tuesdays and Fridays. Those are just the days that we have less um, specials, so they we're have more academic time during those days. So and it's about forty five minutes on Tuesday and forty five minutes on Friday. Cool. And as a teacher, what's the thing that you like the most about those times? I It's actually my favorite time of the day. It's a time that kids feel very empowered. They feel happy. They love doing it they, because they really are. It's really authentic learning and they are really just buying and selling things and talking to each other. And they have all this freedom and it creates a great vibe at the end of the day. Nice. And what's hard about it? <laughs> um, sometimes the chaos is a lot to deal with. Sometimes uh, it, I'm I'm okay with a certain level of chaos. Other teachers sometimes are not as as okay with it. Um, it's a lot to manage because there's a lot happening at once. Sometimes it can be very messy. Mm-hmm. It's a lot to clean up. 
Um, but teaching them how to clean up together and teaching them how to organize themselves in a chaotic moment is okay. And a lot of their day is spent like quietly working and <laughs> so a little bit of chaos at the end of the day is okay. Nice. So your introverted students, maybe your introverted teachers have other times where they get balanced out but you have to have a high tolerance for chaos yes. to implement community time. <laughs> right. Right on. So um, one of the aspects of community time, and I know you do a lot of different things and it's varied, but one that I would love to focus on because I think it's just really exciting and cool and has a lot of uh, real world purposeful learning involved is the market. Can you maybe break down a little bit in more detail what the market entails from a teacher perspective. So what do you do to prepare to run market in community time? Um, step one is creating our currency. We ha let the students actually design the money and uh, I copy it and then they cut it out and then they, we, they get a certain amount for doing certain jobs around the classroom. So they start with some money. And then they ha we have kind of a maker space in our, the room behind our room. So they go to the makerspace and they purchase materials and then they invent some, they, they create something with the materials and finally they sell those materials to, they sell those inventions to other people. Now there are a lot of lessons that you have to start out with when you're talking about what kind of things would people want to buy? What kind of things can you make with these materials? And, you know, considering our economy only has between 17 and 22 people in it, you know, what's realistic for, for making something? And what do people need? And so we talk about um, supply and demand and other really cool business practices. Cool. Do they do market feasibility studies? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we didn't use that word, but yes. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. Yeah. Um, so one thing that you mentioned was that uh, you're essentially making money, right? So you're the Federal Reserve. Right. <laughs> and do you, are you the person that they're purchasing materials from or mm -hmm. do students run that? So it's you. It is. Okay. And then do you ever adjust for inflation? Yeah. And well, no, not for, maybe not for inflation, but definitely things are more expensive if they're less um, available. Mm-hmm. But if we have a lot of something, they're cheaper. Cool. So, um, you know, it's all like this system that's it's gone through so many changes that anytime there's a problem, we just sit down and we have a community meeting about it and we come up with solutions together. So there, there's always potential to grow and change every year. Yeah. It sounds more effective than Congress. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, can you name some of the things that students have made to sell? Um, yeah, they want the the big item is always a wallet because everybody needs a place to keep their money to keep it safe. Mm -hmm. But then once everyone has a wallet, that market goes away. But um, there also is art that people make. A lot of people invent games last year. It was a lot of something you could use again and again, and people would come for the experience of playing the game. And um, and they also there were some girls that were knitting last year. And they realized it was too long to knit something that they could sell, but they could sell the knitting lessons. So nice. they would keep, people would sign up for a knitting lesson and pay for that. Nice. Yeah, that's great. So it's, it moved beyond goods into services. Yeah. Very cool. Was there anything that was a total failure that a student tried to sell 
And how did you help them navigate that? Oh, definitely that's happened a lot where we had these circle pieces of of cardboard and so someone made a hat with them but it didn't really stay on your head and it wasn't (laughs) it wasn't practical but it was such a cute fun thing and so um nobody nobody really bought it them so we that's when we kind of had a conversation in the circle where people presented ideas of I'm going to make this who would buy that Hmm. and everybody just raised their hand if they would buy that to help them to choose a product that people actually wanted. Yeah, wonderful. Um, you had mentioned earlier that the style and maybe organization of market has changed over the years because you've taught this, what, three, four years in a row now? Something like that, yeah. Can you talk about some things that you did early on that you decided to revise? Mm-hmm. Yeah, at first I would just have the maker space and kids could just come and get any materials that they wanted. And this resulted in a lot of creativity, but also wastefulness in products, in you know materials. Tape would be gone in seconds. And um, one time, somebody just filled a, a mold that they made with glue. I'm <laughs> making glue sticks, <laughs> which, which you know, at the, in one in one sense, that's a great way to find out that that's not how glue sticks are made. In another sense, it's very wasteful of glue. <laughs> so, um, so then we started to um, charge them the money so that they could kind of feel the weight of the materials and the value of the materials as they are um, buying them to to create their product. Yeah. So we are facing a climate crisis, right? And last week when you made your presentation, a teacher asked you if you incorporated any um, sustainability um, techniques or constraints for the kids. And I know you haven't necessarily done that formally yet, but are you thinking about that and how might that play in um, to the market time? Well, every year we do one of our units that has a lot to do with the environment. This year it's the oceans. And so we already are teaching them that. And then the way that applies so far to Inventing Time is that they're recycling materials. A lot of the materials they're using are things that would be trash otherwise. So it's a good it's good to point out to them that this recycling or reusing is is reducing the trash in our world. And also, we talk about being responsible business owners, you know, like as as someone who has a more powerful, more successful business, what's your responsibility to help our classroom? <laughs> you know, that could translate too. Wonderful. Yeah, I love it. Is there anything long term down the road that you would like to see Marketplace evolve into? Hmm. I mean, the the next step for us is to really use goal setting with it because goal setting is such a powerful tool with kids. And we just tried it real quick last year. We want to make it more something we do constantly this year where students are setting their goals, their SMART goals about what they want, how much they want to make or what they want to sell or what they want their business to do, and then assessing those goals themselves to see if it's working because that helps them to really get focused on what they're doing yeah business plan yeah (laughs) yeah and have you brought in local business owners have you done that yet um we always have local business owners as parents 
The one year that I did an entrepreneurship unit, we went on field trips to the businesses that our parents in our class owned, and those parents talked to this, them about creating businesses. But yeah, we definitely have parents come in and talk about what, what their life was like as they're creating their businesses so they can hear about that in real life. Cool, yeah, and see those grown-up models. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So Robin, you mentioned SMART goals, and I just want to say out loud for our listeners that that stands for, because that's an acronym, Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Relevant, and Timely Goals. And that is a great resource. Listeners, if you haven't heard of SMART goal setting, uh, it's a wonderful tool to use both with kids and also as professionals. And uh, Robin, if you could talk a little bit about the standards that you're reaching by teaching market. Yes, in third and fourth grade, um, the, some of the so social study standards always include economics and um, understanding supply and demand. And so instead of just teaching them this lesson, we're letting them learn it through actual experience. So that's some North Carolina standards that we never have to worry about covering. Because they're living it. They're doing it. Living and breathing it. That's what it's all about. Awesome. Well, Robin, it was such a pleasure to talk with you today. And good luck in all of your market and other teaching endeavors. Thank you. Please join us next week for our next teacher interview. Again, it will be awesome and practical. This has been Best Practices in Education, an Odyssey School podcast. It was recorded here in our music studio in Asheville, North Carolina at Odyssey School, engineered by our music director, River Gargarian, and the original theme music was created by the Misfits of Cragberry, an Odyssey student band. Let's fly away in a cloud. Yeah.